Welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. You're listening to another life-changing word from Pastor Scott Anderson. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. You know what? Give them a big hand clap for those that are watching in the parking lot. Honk, I I got the doors open. We want to hear you honk out there. And in your house or you're driving somewhere, honk wherever you're at. It doesn't matter. That's going to be our new thing. And uh, don't forget about our daily Bible show that we have Monday through Friday. Me and my brother do. It's called Wake Up. It's the number one daily Bible study out there. And uh, we start your day with the scripture for your day. And we uh, have a fun, we have a whole lot of fun. And then we pray for your day. And it's a great way to get started. But as always, I am, I, I'm built to be in the house is what I'm built for. And I'm so excited to be in the sanctuary. We understand that some are out there in the, in the cars, and we under, that's totally fine. There are those that are watching online, and there are those that feel like they can come into the sanctuary. Either way, we're still a family all knitted together today with some great words. So uh, Jim, Jimbo and Otis are sitting around outside the old cafe, and Jimbo says to Otis, he says, hey, we should uh, take a drive on down and go fishing. Otis says, can't. Truck's in the shop again. Jimbo says, again? It was just in last week? Otis says, yeah, it's in nearly every week. Jimbo says, well, you should sell that truck. Otis says, oh, I can't sell that thing. It's got like 300,000 miles on it. It ain't worth anything. And Jimbo says, you know what, Otis? I got a buddy that'll turn the, the, the odometer all the way back to about 30,000 miles. He said that you'd be able to get a whole lot of money for that thing. It'd be great. And so Otis says, all right, and get connected. About six weeks later, uh, Otis drives up in his same old truck. And Jimbo goes, what in the world are you driving this for? I thought you were going to sell it. Otis says, why would I sell a vehicle that's only got 30,000 miles on it? <laughs> it's good to hear your laughter. Who's ready for the word today? Come on, somebody out there. <laughs> Laugh hard, praise hard. We're in our series here. Uh, go with me to Romans 8.28. In a, a, just a great series about both, that we serve a God of both. He's not one or the other, this or that. So many times religion and the world and sometimes we all like to put God in a box and put a ceiling on God and what God can do and what God can't do and this is what. But we serve a God that's limitless. We serve a God that doesn't need a ceiling, doesn't want a ceiling. A God that can do the impossible in our lives. That he doesn't just bless us when we go in, he blesses us when we go out. He's a God of both. He can bless us on the mountaintop and in the valleys. He can bless us wherever we go. He blesses what both my hands touch, not just my left and not just my right. And last week we were talking about how God can get in the middle of whatever's going on in your life and even when we mess up, the Bible says that God withholds no good things to you and I. So many times we kink up our hose because what we believe is what we receive. And so we believe, well, when I'm in my junk, you know, God can't bless me because of this and because I'm doing that. And as we bore out last week, that God's not limited, that I need God in the middle of my junk of my life. That's when I need him most. Remember the Bible says in John 10, 10, that I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, right? He says, my promises are yes and amen. Well, I don't deserve it. Well, I'm glad that we don't get what we deserve because Jesus got what we deserve so you and I can get the blessings of God in our life. And if the blessings only came when we lived perfectly, none of us would get them. I know I would never get them on the road, amen, right? We don't get it just when we live perfectly, but God 
says, you know what? I want to bless you. My blessings aren't at a price. Jesus said to you and I, he said to, the, to all around him, he says, you know what? You give good things to your children. How much more does your father give to you and me? And so it's time that we unkink that hose and stop saying I'm not qualified for God's best and realize, wait a second, I'm a child of the king. And because I'm a child of the king, God will bless me wherever I go, whatever I'm doing in the middle of my junk of my life. Can I get an amen anywhere out there today? Come on, church. Got to be loud today. Got to be loud in the sanctuary. Today we're talking about how God blesses our mess. I think all of us have found a time in our lives, and maybe you're in one right now, where we've made some bad choices, we've made some bad decisions. We've made a, a mess of our lives. And what can happen, once again, is we can begin to think that, you know what, God's limited. You know, I made, I made this mess, and so, you know, I'm just gonna have to just live in this mess, and not realizing that, you know what, yes, I need God all the time, but I tend to need God more in my mess than I, when I'm making good decisions. When I make bad decisions is where I need God to be a bigger part of those decisions than my great decisions. And once again, if you believe that, well, it's my mess, I'm just going to have to lie in it, I'm just going to have to take it, right? Then you've kinked up the hose. But when you go through the scripture, and we'll go through story after story, that God brings the biggest victories in the midst of our biggest messes. Our biggest mistakes are what God wants to use to take us to the highest levels in our life. I know in my life, my big mistakes, God has found a way in every single one of my big old dumb things that I have done. He's found a way to take me into my biggest victories in life. And this is what he wants to do for you and I. But we have to have that belief. We have to know in our heart that in the middle of our mess, that God is coming to rescue us. He's not there to keep us down and expect me to pick myself up. But God says, I'll pick you up. I'll lift you up. I'll get you up. I'll put you up. I'll, put, I'll get you to an up place in life. Come on, somebody in this house. This is where my God wants to take me in the middle of of my mess. You know, the religion oftentimes has said, well, you made your bed, you're gonna have to lie in it, right? That's once again, God's like, no, no, no. And which doesn't make any sense to me anyway. If I just made my bed, why would I have to lie in it? I don't even understand. Do you guys even understand that? You made your, I've never come in the room and go, oh, you made your bed, go lie in it. Doesn't make sense. If you don't make your bed, maybe you lie in it. I don't believe in making beds anyway. Is there any other men out there that believe making a bed is the biggest waste of time in the world? Come on, it's like if I take my shoes off, I tie them afterwards, it makes no sense. I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna get back in my bed. Well, what if somebody sees it? I would, who sees my bedroom? Nobody sees my bedroom, you close the door, nobody sees it. Holly, of course, she is a big, uh, she believes in making her bed. She won't even leave the house unless the bed is made, right? And one of the funny things is, is you know, when I, before I got married, you know how many pillows I had? I had one, because that's all that I need. Now I have 37 which seems by my count to be about 35 too many. And I know we serve a God of abundance and an overflow God, but is Holly saving up some, some sort of global pillow fight that I don't know about? Because we got way too many. But I thought this week for Mother's Day, I was like, you know what? I, I'm gonna do is I, I'm gonna make the bed for Holly. I am mean, one of the days I'm like I'm gonna bless her, right? And so I, I got I, I take a picture of how she makes it so I can recreate it. So here's a picture of how Holly makes the bed, right? Throw that up there for me. There you go. Right, the pillows is beautiful. So and I didn't tell me I didn't do great. Here's mine. I nailed it. I guarantee you that. Throw mine up there. Come on. <laughs> you can't even tell the difference. Put them both up. They literally look identical. 
minus the bottom one. How many people know that we do make a mess? Even though God gives us a blueprint, oftentimes, of how to live life and how to put everything in order, that when we make our beds of life, oftentimes, we make a scotty mess out of it. But you know what? God doesn't go, well, you got the line. And God says, no, no. Let me take your mess, if you allow me to, and let me bless it. Let me take your bad decisions and make them good decisions. Romans 8, 28 says this. And we know with great confidence, somebody say confidence. I love that. That God who is deeply concerned about us. Now, this is good to know. See, God is concerned about you, your decisions, your mess that you're in, the junk that's going on, and he causes all things to work together as a plan for a good for those who love God. How many people in this house love God? I love God. He says, if you'll allow me to, I will take your messes and I'll make them into blessings. I'll take your worst decisions and they'll end up being in the best decisions of your life. Right in the middle of your mess is when God wants to get in there. He wants to get in the middle of your mess and be a part of your mess and help you clean it up. The prodigal son is an incredible story of this. The prodigal son is in the middle of a mess. He made a whole bunch of bad decisions. He took his inheritance, he went out in the world and he squandered it all and he's living the life that the world says is important. He finds himself in the pigs. And so now he thinks, you know what? Well, I'm not worthy to my dad's blessings, as many of us say. You know, I've made some bad decisions. I've done some bad things. And so I don't know if I'm worthy for that. But you know what? Maybe my dad, maybe God will just give me a little something, just a little, a little a scrap of something. And so he goes to his father, right? And what does his father do? His father doesn't ask him a question about what he's been doing, doesn't condemn him, doesn't tell him about all the wrong things. He says, get in here, let me get you a fine robe, and we're going to have a big old party tonight, a big old calf, and this is what God wants to do in our messes. It's not about shaming us, it's not about condemning us, it's not about telling us all the things that we did wrong. He says, we got to throw a party, we got to celebrate, because I am now reestablishing you in the high level that I have for you. You don't have to just limit yourself and get by, but God wants to take your worst mess and make it into your biggest victories. But then you see right here, what happens oftentimes with, I don't know, within the religion, I'll call it that, that uh, sometimes people will see somebody get something like, well, they don't deserve that. How come, you know, half the things that they do, I, I, all the stuff that they're, really, they're gonna get that, that's what they get? Isn't that what the brother did? Says they don't deserve those things. They don't deserve to have that. But as I said earlier, I thank the God that we serve that I don't get what I deserve. Instead, Jesus took all my deservance so that I could be blessed. Even in the middle of my mess, God finds a way to bless my junk in my life. My bad decisions become a great decision when God gets in there and begins to pull apart. I've met, you know, one of my worst string of bad decisions was during the, uh, the whole real estate market falling and all the stuff that I'd bought and everything. I made a, whole, I made a big old mess. And, you know, I, I was meeting with a guy who'd made a similar mess and uh, after it all went down and he was just doom and gloom and, you know, I'll never even get back. And I'll never. I mean, all of the, everything that's going on, I'll, I'll never and I rebound from this. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to just rebound because my God's not to get me back to just uh, zero, but my God's going to catapult me above where I was. And I'm trying to speak this in him, but he ain't having none of it. He's like, no, I don't believe, I don't know if that's going to, no, I don't believe in that. Well, I, I met up with him about a year and a half ago. I just happened to cross paths at a bank and I'm walking and he was in the same place. He's just like, yeah, still just trying to get back. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to happen for me, but in my life, 
life, in the middle of my worst financial decisions I've ever made, God was able to catapult me way past where I even started at. Come on, that's what my God does. My God's not just a, hey, live in your mess, but he's like, let's bless the mess that I have in your life. And this is what God wants to do for you and I, bless our mouth. You know, if you think about it, we've all, most of us in here are watching out there. You hit bottom, just like the prodigal son. You hit bottom, and you made a whole mess out of your life. And then you said, I need Jesus in my life. And there was a point right there, what the devil meant to break you is what God used to change your eternity. It's what got you into the house. Come on, God's goodness is what leads one into repentance. And it was God's goodness that took you up out of your mess, just like the prodigal son said, hey, I love you just the way you are. I know you got a whole bunch of messes. That's all right. Let's get to blessing the messes that you have. You know, this past week, was uh, we were celebrating Cinco de Mayo. And uh, I don't know, I just love the whole culture. I love Cinco de Mayo, I love all of it. And uh, you know, to me, I, I, I just, I like authentic Mexican food, that's just me. And so I thought for Cinco de Mayo, the least that I could do is really go someplace that makes that real authentic. You know that real, you know what I'm talking about, that real Mexican food, not that cheap stuff. So I was in the drive-thru at a Taco Bell. <laughs> Come on somebody, that's where they make it. About as an organization, I feel like there's a lot of biblical principles in there because they take a mess and they make it blessed. They take the worst ingredients known to man and they throw it in a Dorito shell and they make something heavenly out of it. Come on, they bless us a mess is what Taco Bell does. How they do their things. Somebody was telling me a few weeks ago, they're like, you know, Taco Bell meat is 80% sawdust. And I think they were trying to get me like turned off to it. And I go, I didn't know I like trees that much. I didn't know that about me. Holly came home, she's like, hey, where's our tree? I'm like, try these new nachos. I made some nachos today. <laughs> so I was in the, in the Taco Bell drive-thru this weekend. Uh, I got up to, to, to order, and I said, you know, I said, you know, I want, I want a chalupa. And so uh, I looked on the screen, he goes, all right. And he put it on the screen, and now it said three chalupas. I said, no, 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 I don't want three. I, I do, but I, my bot, right? I, said, I do, but no, I don't. I, I thought he said a trulupa. I go, no, I don't want a trulupa. He goes, trulupa? I go, yeah. So then he threw on three trulupas on top of my three chalupas. That's like 12 chalupas, which is heaven, but uh, Scotty's body doesn't need 12 chalupas. And so I said, no, 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 I don't, no, no, I don't want uh, three ch uh, chalupas. So he took those off. And I said, no, no, I, I want one chalupa. And so then he removed it. And he says, now what do you want? I said, well, <laughs> I want one chalupa. He said, all right. And he put up three chalupas again. I said, hmm. I said, no, I only want one. He goes, you want one? I said, yes. And so he added a chalupa. Now I had four chalupas. <laughs> I don't want four chalupas. I said, I, 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 just, I just want, I said, you know what? I'm gonna, and I don't want to get mad, right? I don't want to get upset. I want to be a bright light to the young guy trying to figure this whole thing out. So I said, you know what? Can I, can you, I, you know, I think I only want two chalupas, can you remove, or three chalupas, can you remove one? He goes, remove one? I go, yes. So I had three. I said, you know what's better than that? I want two. Can you remove another one? He removed another one. We had two. I said, you know what? Let's just remove one more. And there was one chalupa. I said, yes, that's what I want. I said, and then I also want your cinnamon twist. He said, yes. And then he put three cinnamon twists up there. <laughs> but I can eat three cinnamon twists. Praise the Lord. That was a blessing from God. I kept the three cinnamon twists. What I have to say to you also, I learned. Now, if you never worked in fast food, and this is a lesson that maybe write this down. Never be mean to the drive-thru people. Never get angry, even when you're right, because they'll do something to your food. 
They'll take a blessing. They'll make a mess. They're opposite on that. When I worked at Burger King, when you were meeting the drive-thru people, we had Bob. Bob was a big old boy. And Bob sweat. You ever meet that guy that they always just sweat? Like he'd be counting cheese in the middle of, of the freezer, and he's just sweat. His old Bob always sweat. And so when you were meet, we would give you what's called Bob cheese on your burger. And Bob would take his cheese, and he would just wipe it right down, all the sweat, and he'd put that on there. And if you don't want Bob cheese out there, come on, somebody. Nobody likes that Bob cheese. How many people know that even God can make Bob cheese into great cheese? He can bless the Bob cheeses of your life. Some of you out there made some bad decisions, and God wants to turn the Bob cheese into great things. You know, when Heath was a senior in high school, he was in the tops of, for the state for rings in gymnastics. And we're excited. Colleges are, are looking at, and they're all going to come out to the state and to the national, which he goes every year to the national, and we're excited about the scholarships and everything. And when you know, he broke his sternum, middle of the season. And as we're sitting there with the doctors, his season's over now, colleges aren't gonna see him, and uh, we're just sitting, me and Holly are sitting with the doctor, and my concern is, is, well, he's great at rings, he's given his whole life to do the rings. And I said, doctor, he's not gonna be able to do the rings anymore with that broken sternum. And the doctor says, oh, no, 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 when, when, a stern, when it breaks, when it heals back, it heals back stronger than it was before. He'll be able to do more than he did before because of the broke. And sometimes in our life, things that break, when they come back, God can do more in those things that you couldn't do before. Four. He goes on to UNL, come on, he breaks a record for the longest, I think Iron Man or something, that his body would never be able to do if it had not been for the break. God didn't send the break, but he made the break something great in your life. And he'll take the break in your life and he will make it great if you'll allow him to. Whatever it is in your life that you feel is broken right now, we want God to get in there and take what's broken and make it great. Bless my mess, God. I made a mess. I made a whole mess of my relationship. I made a mess of my finances. I made a mess of these things. And I'm not called because you're a God of both. I don't have to lie in it. But instead, my God is going to find a way to supernaturally take my mess and make a bless out of it. Come on, somebody out there. Let God, somebody say, bless my mess. I'm going to go through a whole list because the Bible bears this out. You know, David and Bathsheba, David's worst mess. Out of that relationship comes Solomon, the wisest, richest uh, uh, person ever to live the world. In the middle of David's worst mess, God brings a bless. The disciples, after Jesus had died on the cross, they're full of fear and worry and doubt and they're all hiding. And what happens, Jesus shows up right in the midst of their hiding. He wasn't like, well, I can't be there because they're full of sin, they're full of doubt, they're full of condemnation. But Jesus shows right up in the middle of their mess. Moses kills a guy, goes out into the wilderness, and God shows up right in the middle of his mess to say, hey, we got purpose and we got destiny for your life. Gideon is full of fear and doubt and self-loathing and insecurities of life, and what does God do? He shows right up to God, right up to Gideon and says, hey, let's get in the middle of your mess and let's take you to some leadership in your life. You are called to do some great things out there, and no matter what your past is, and no matter how bad things have looked back there and the bad decisions you have made, God wants to take you to his best in the middle of your mess. He wants to take you to a place that is blessed. He wants to take you to a place of leadership, a place where you are influencing and, and being a part of being a bright light to the world in the middle of your mess. Well, not when you're in sin. God doesn't, God doesn't bless you in your sin. You know what? If you didn't bless in our sins, we'd never get blessed because we all sin. I don't know about you, but I make a ton of mistakes every single day. God can't be limited. He's a God of both. He can bless you even your sinful, your bad mistakes. You got Rahab, who was a, a, who, sorry, 
Uh, Rahab, who was a prostitute, right? She would, and God uses the prostitute to save the spies and to save Israel. And wouldn't you know that that prostitute of all the people to be in the lineage of David, in the lineage of Jesus Christ, he uses Rahab, the prostitute, in the middle of her mess. Tamar, right? She, 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 she posed as a prostitute for her father-in-law, Judah, and she ends up getting pregnant. And wouldn't you know that God uses that lineage right there, once again, to go to Ruth, to go to David, right, or sorry, go to Boaz, to go to David, to go to Jesus. That in the midst of her bad, what a bad mistake, poses a prostitute, get her father-in-law and get pregnant by him, and God uses her mess to make a bless out there. You think about Lot and the incest that he had with his daughter. The incest, what a mess that is, what a horrible decision, but yet that ends up being in the lineage going all the way back to Ruth. So Ruth now is from that lineage, which goes on what? She marries Boaz, who comes out of uh, uh, Tamar, who out of her, her thing, her mess, and the two of them get married. They get down, grandparent, great-grandparent, down to David, who then goes in the lineage of Jesus. Once again, of all the people, all the people living life right and doing the best thing, who does God use? He uses people's mess to make a bless. And I know some of you out there sitting, you made some messes in your life. And sometimes we want to put limits on God and say, God can't mess, he can't use me. You know, you know my past, you know the things I've done, Pastor? Yeah, God wants to use you right in the middle of your mess. He wants to make your worst decisions into your best decisions. You know, one of my worst decisions was the girl I was dating right before Holly. She was a, she was a bad, bad choice. You know, I met her at the devil house. There you go, that's where you meet a great godly woman down at the devil house. And she was as far off from being a good Christian woman. She, right, she was as far as you could be from a Proverbs 31. She's like a Revelations 12 woman. And so she, she was as far as you possibly could be, right? And it was this relationship, this heartache, this big mess, just blew my whole life up. But had it not been for this relationship, I wouldn't have went into the church and found this relationship. Out of my biggest mistake came my biggest victory. Out of my choosing to date a person I knew wasn't right, a person that everyone around me told me wasn't right, out of everyone told me that, hey, she's bad news. People have been preaching to me about this woman since I was in junior high, and I made the worst decision, but God turned it around to make my best decision. Come on, somebody out there. This is what God wants to do in your mess. I don't know what relationship messes you've made. I don't know what breakups you've made. I don't know what financial messes you've made. I don't know, but I do know this, that if you allow God to do it, that he'll take those messes and he'll make it a blessing in your life. That he'll take a victory, that something that you're like, I messed it all up, God. Yeah, you did. You did a prodigal son thing. But God will take it to the next level if you allow him to. Story after story. Watch the story with Genesis 37, 28, I'll close with this. Joseph, you know, he made a mess. I'm going to blame his brothers, but he did parade around in a, his jacket. He proudfully talked about the dream that his brothers are going to serve him. He kind of made a mess, didn't he? And his brothers made a mess. Sometimes people make a mess in your life. God will bless the messes other people do in your world also. His brothers sell him off to slavery. Right? At the end of Joseph's life, or not the, at the end, when he meets up with his brothers again, he says, yeah, I know we all made messes and we all made mistakes. 
But you know what? Those mistakes God made right because had it not been for those mistakes, I wouldn't have been able to use uh, where I was at to save Egypt and save my entire family. The biggest messes that you all made and I all made, God used to save our family. Now watch this though. Remember Abraham's big mess. God said, I got a child for you. You and your wife are going to have. And he didn't wait for the promise, so he took on his handmaid. And he had Ishmael. And what a mess that was. What a bad decision that was. He made a big mess. Now watch, I found this, this goodie here in Genesis 37, 28. It goes with Joseph. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the, the pit and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites. Wait a second. God used Abraham's bad decision to take Joseph to his purpose and to his destiny. God can take what your great-grandfather had done and the messes that he had made or she had made and use it to usher you right into the purpose that God has for your life. Don't limit God and tell me what God can't do, that God can't bless me because of what my daddy did, my granddaddy did. God can bless whatever messes anybody else around you. Well, my family messed me up. My uncle messed me up. My family messed These people messed me up, God will take your big messes that other people made in your life and it'll make a blessing and it'll be something that you can stand upon and God can get the glory and the light for what he did in your life. This is what God wants to do. He wants to do big things for you. You know, Lazarus had a pretty bad day. He died. I don't know what things he did. I don't know if he ate a bunch of fried food. Maybe he didn't have enough chalupas in his I don't know what he had, but he died. Well, now what does Jesus do? Jesus shows up and resurrects Lazarus. And I got to thinking that sometimes we feel like our dreams are dead because we really messed up. Man, I wish I would have back when I was that age. Man, I wish I wouldn't have got into that relationship. Boy, that marriage. Well, now I'm kind of ruined for life because of those decisions that I have made. I chose to do this and I chose to do that. I wish I would have went here. I wish I were there. And then we feel like our dreams now are Lazarus. But if you allow God to do this, how many people know that God will raise those dreams back up? That in the midst of your horrible decisions, that God wants to bring those ambitions and those dreams back to life. Those things that were placed in your heart as a child, those things that now you thought were impossible, that God wants to do the possible. He wants to say, dreams come alive. Come forth, dreams. Come forth, ambition. Come forth, new job, new position. Come forth, new relationship. Come forth. Come on, somebody in that house. Somebody needs to say, come forth, Come on, those things that were dead, that you thought that you had killed them, that you had made a mistake, that they were dead because of your decisions. God says today, I will bring them back to life in your life, that I will bless your message. I will bring you a victory in the midst of your biggest mistakes. The things that you thought made your life over are just a new beginning that God wants. Somebody in this house better give the Lord a high clap. Come on, praise him up loud in this house. Don't you limit God this week. Not one time say, well, it's impossible. I really made a mess out of my life. Get excited then. Sometimes when I make a big mess, I get excited because that means God. See, I don't need God as much in my great decisions as I need God in my worst decisions. That's when I need God to show up the most. That's what I believe gets God excited. He's not excited that I made a mess, but he's excited about the bless that's gonna come out of it, that he's gonna give you some big victories out there. Whatever it is in your life, God's got a victory for you. Don't kink the hose and limit God, but instead, 
do it like I do. Right in the middle of my mess, I'm like the prodigal son. I turn right to God and go, God, I made a mess. Will you help make this a bless in my life? Thank you so much for watching today. We want to make sure that we secure your eternity. Eternity is a simple choice. It simply means I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died and raised from the dead. It doesn't matter. You, you may think, well, I'm not good enough and I haven't lived my life right. Jesus died for all of your sins. So simply say this prayer with us. Dearly Father, I ask you right now, come into my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that I am saved. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all my sins and was raised from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.